Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zayner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zaynerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. Listening today. And uh, if you've been enjoying this real quick before I get into it, can you please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and helps us reach more people and it helps us get uh, a further impact in the algorithm and all of that stuff. Thank you in advance for that. I appreciate and love each and every one of you guys. So today I wanted to share some things that I've learned by going out and soul winning. Now, I haven't I haven't seen it all. I haven't done it all. But this is coming up on eight years of soul winning. I can't believe that it's already been eight years. But I started soul winning like basically immediately when I got saved. So I was saved in May of 24th, 2015, moved to Southern Indiana in August of 2015. And by September, I was out soul winning and I've been soul winning ever since. And so uh, I got a couple different stories I want to share, but I have three points uh, for those who like to take notes of what I've learned personally by going out and soul winning. I want to start with the old famous scripture, John 3.16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe upon Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God literally sent Jesus so that the world doesn't have to go to devil's hell. He paid the price for sin. You know, one thing that we do our best to communicate to people is you don't have to go to hell because of Jesus. Jesus paid the price. He became sin. Think of that for a moment before we get into today's teaching. He became sin on the cross, who knew no sin. He knew no sin whatsoever, yet He became sin for us so that we can be reconciled back to God. What an amazing thing. And uh, you would be surprised, because this is my first point, but you would be so surprised to know how many people have never heard that God loves them, let alone they've heard the gospel. You know, in America... In America, you would be surprised. So number one, many, many people have never heard the gospel. They've never heard that God loves them. We know John 3, 16. Many of you guys can quote it just like I did. That God so loved the world that he sent his own begotten son. But you would be surprised. I've been in different cities. I've been in different, um, you know, downtown Baltimore. I've been in Chicago. I've been in... Uh, Anchorage, Alaska. I've been in Los Angeles. I've been places. And when I go, and they'll everywhere, it does not matter. Every single place I've gone, there is a hand, there is at least 50%, I would say. I was going to say a handful, but that's not accurate. It's probably about 50%. Now, when I say, hey, has anyone ever told you that God loves you and he has a plan for your life? Half of them say they've never heard that God loves them. Well, number one reason why we know that is in this nation right now, there's an agenda to push God out of everything. So 50 years ago, Billy Graham was everywhere. Everybody knew who he was. Everybody was praying in school, reading their Bibles, and everybody knew that God loved them. Now, none of that exists. And so people haven't been told that God, that God even loves them. Many people, when you try to invite them to church after the, you're done talking to them on the streets... They think that if they walk in a church, they think that lightning's going to strike and they're going to be killed. I mean, that's crazy to even think it, but that's how people think because no one has ever told them that God loves them. They've heard the opposite, that they're either there isn't a God 
and that or there is one who who is really upset at the world and that's why the world is all falling apart because God is so angry and mad which really the Bible tells us that Jesus came to give his life and life more abundantly but it's the devil the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. They've never been told that there even is a devil, that there even is uh, an enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I mean, there's a lot that people don't know. So number one thing I've learned, I think it's number one by far, that many people have never heard that God loves them. This is why we as believers, we need to we need to go out and simply, if all of you simply did to start breaking the barrier, not getting into part two again, you can go back and listen to that, breaking the barrier of winning one, but start by just telling people that Jesus loves them. You'll be surprised. People don't know that Jesus loves them. You know, a lot of people, they know the name of Jesus because they watch TV. They watch how people use it basically as a curse word, but they don't know Jesus, uh, the Savior. You would think they did, but they don't know him. They only know the name. They don't even know the gospel. They don't even know that, that, uh, uh, that Jesus died for them. They don't even know about the cross in America. They, would, they don't know. You know, the, the greatest mission field, I believe, on the whole entire globe right now is America. Because many people, when they think missions, they think they got to get in a, a boat. They got to get in a big old, you know, old time boat with a sail and everything. And sail halfway across the, the globe like Christopher Columbus. And then land on some remote island and preach the gospel to people who've never heard of the gospel. And they think, that, well, that's, that's going into all the world and preaching the gospel. They think that that's winning the lost, which that is part of it because we need to go to the unreached people groups. But guess what? In your backyard, there's a lot of people who's never even been told that Jesus loves them. And then he has a plan for their life. They have no clue. And so we need to start there. I've learned that. That's the number one thing I've learned. And so that I can see such a need in America that people need to know that God loves them. People need to know that Jesus died for them. And that's number one. Get that in your heart and mind because then that will that will keep you from being hesitant of even telling somebody that God loves them because you're now in the back of your mind, you're going to be sitting there thinking, has anybody ever told them that God loves them? And the chances are it's a 50-50 chance that somebody's never told them. Especially if they're under the age of 30, someone probably definitely never has told them that God loves them. Why? How do I know? When I was in college, we used to have the preachers stand in the middle of the square and they would scream at the students and tell them they're all going to hell because of the clothes they were wearing, because of everything. They never one time said that God loves them, that Jesus died for them. They just pointed out all their flaws and sins and everything. And then they were screaming at people. That's the idea. That's the that's the impression this generation this younger generation has of God, and we got to come in and bring the opposite. We got to come in there and break this thing and come with the love of God, because guess what? The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Never forget that. Write that down. The goodness of God is what leads people to repentance. It's the goodness. It's the love of God. And so we need to always come out there with the love of God, because you got a good chance that people don't know that God loves them and that he has a wonderful plan for his life. And so keep that in the back of your heart and mind, which flows right into my second point. One, many have never heard that God loves him. But two, I've learned that God really, really, really loves people. <laughs> you would be surprised how many, like how much God loves sinners. He loves them so much. I mean, I've had encounter after encounter after encounter with people. Two of them in particular that I wrote down. Uh, here is one woman when we were in Texas just this year, 2022. If you're listening to this in the future, this was 2022 when we went. We went to Texas and uh, we're going from door to door in an apartment complex. We're in rural Texas. 
in the town called Huntington. And I remember knowing it was 105 degrees outside. I mean, it was so hot. And we're, uh, we're going door to door where there's no wind, nothing. And I mean, we're just knocking and, and many people are opening the door. And, you know, when you're in the Bible Belt, uh, many people know the language. They know, uh, you know, yeah, I know God loves me. I know I'm born again, even though you find out they're a backslidden preacher's kid who needs to get right with God. And, uh, but they still know the language. So it's a different, it's a different type of uh, people group to reach in America. But this particular lady, when we knocked on the door, at first, I wasn't even going to knock because we were almost done for the day. I saw on the top of her um, her door, it said John 3.16. So I'm thinking, this is just going to be another person just like uh, half of the people we talked to. But no, I felt a tug in my heart. No, knock on the door. So I knocked on the door, and as soon as the door opened, the woman is standing there, and she's looking at us like, what do you guys want? And we just say, hey, we're just going around telling people, has anyone ever told you that God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life? immediately this woman begins to break down in tears she begins to begin to sob and weep and cry to the point where she has to come out and close the door she's crying and we're like what's what's going on what's going on and she's like i just got a divorce like literally it just happened and i've been going through this process and it's been the toughest thing and i've lived here for 6 years and I've never had one person from any church ever come and knock on my door. You're the first people who's ever come and knocked on my door to talk about Jesus. And this is the moment when I need somebody the most. She said, I called off of work today because I just, I'm so depressed that I just wanted to stay home. And I was just about to turn on Christian television. But here you guys are knocking on the door. And we're like, man, God loves you so much. Look, this is a horrible thing that's happened, but we're here to tell you that God can turn anything around, that we're here for you, we're the church. And I mean, she gave her life afresh to Christ. She rededicated her life. Not only did she do that, but the power of God came and touched her. I mean, she was totally, you could see a change in her face after we prayed. I mean, the the goodness of God came upon her, the peace of God to the point where after we got done, we said, hey, we're having service tonight. I was there preaching a revival service, and I said, come on out, and we, I believe God is going to finish the work that he started right here. She said, I'll be there. Fast forward to the evening service. Here she comes walking in. She brought a, a guy with her a, friend of her, a friend of hers. He comes in, and then the, the daughter comes in, and immediately they give their, the, the other ones give, the, give their life to Christ, her, the guy and the daughter. Give their lives to Christ. Now you got one one rededication turned into th- to three, basically two salvations and one rededication. I mean, that's God loves people. He finds people. You know, many times I'm we're going up and people, it's at they're at their wits end. I mean, if God doesn't show up, they're they're just like in their worst state of mind. And here comes some God sending us to give them a message of hope and of faith. That's the power of how much God truly loves people. And when you make yourself available as a soul winner, knowing that that's who you are, that it's not just a program, it's what you do, and you go and you follow the promptings of the Holy Ghost, watch what's going to happen. I remember we were in Chicago, Illinois, and uh, we were walking down the street, and all of a sudden we see all these people standing outside. Now, as an evangelist, you're, you know, we love talking one-on-one, but man, if we can find a crowd and preach the gospel to, to many, that's like hitting a home run in baseball. I mean, that's where we want to be. We want to find the big group of people. 
And I remember going up to this uh, group of people with another evangelist friend of mine and saying, hey, what's going on? This is kind of an un unusual amount of people in the middle of, you know, weekday uh, standing outside. And we were in Inglewood, uh, just outside of Chicago, one of, one of the most dangerous areas in the nation. And I remember they saying, well, we actually five minutes ago just said our goodbyes we had a family member die, and we just did the funeral inside the house, and they just carried the body out five minutes ago. So here we are at a funeral. People are crying. People are upset. They're mourning the loss of somebody, and we show up five minutes after they carry the body out. There's about 14 or 15 people. I have the picture to prove it, and we're like, guess, can we pray for you? Like, this is obviously a moment of prayer. We need to pray for you that God comes and comforts you because God, He truly loves people. He loves people. And we gathered the family up. The one one uh, woman, she might have been like an aunt uh, of the person who died or something. I don't know. But she rallied the troops. She said, absolutely, we're going to pray. We're going to pray right now. Every single buddy needs prayer. I mean, they started rolling out of the house. Like, like you know, I thought, you, like you ever seen the cartoons with the, you know, a cl clown car? And you just, they just keep coming out one after the other. And you're like, man, how many people are stuffed in that car? That's exactly how it was at this house. They just kept coming one by one by one. We were waiting. And finally, they all came out there. We gathered around, and we, we uh, prayed a prayer of peace in, uh, in, upon the family. And then we went straight into the gospel message that God died, that Jesus died for them for their sins, and that if anything was to happen to them, like their family member, are they ready for heaven? Because you don't have to go to hell because Jesus paid the price for your sin. And that if, you know, you may be a sinner now, but you can receive the free gift of salvation. Each one of them, as a family, began to say the sinner's prayer, and they got saved right there on the spot, on, on the sidewalk. God loves people, period. Get that in your heart. And guess what? He loves you. At one time, you were that person who was lost. And now, look, you've received that gift of salvation. He loves you so much that He saved you. And there's nothing, there's no way we can repay Jesus for the price that He paid on Calvary. There's nothing that you can do in the flesh. There's nothing that you can, you can't work as hard as you can and, and earn your salvation. You can't. But the greatest thing that you can do is to take that free gift that you've been given and give it away. That's the best way you can repay Jesus, to go and tell other people that God loves them. And you'll realize how much God truly loves people. And eventually, I believe, you'll get the revelation of how much God really loves you. Because look at how I mean, I'll never forget that, that whole family getting saved right there in the streets of Chicago. And uh, man, that was a setup for us to be there, for the whole family to get saved. And then that woman who, who was just struggling in Texas, she needed to get saved. There was another woman in Texas when we went. There was a different group. We, we train up other people to effectively lead people to the Lord. So another group at the same time that I'm talking to this woman who was divorced, they're leading another lady to the Lord. This lady just moved in to this apartment complex just five days before they were there. A week ago, that day, that they were there. That church I was with was actually at that complex, but she didn't move in yet. So five days ago, the day we went, she moved in. We show up. They preach the gospel to her. She gets saved. She gets rocked. And uh, she's, a, she's a paraplegic, so she's missing one of her legs. And uh, she comes to church, gets touched by the Holy Ghost at the service to the point where she came to the pastor and said, I want to get baptized. I want to get water baptized. So she gets saved on Saturday, comes to church on Saturday night, 
gets touched by the power of God, comes Sunday morning, gets baptized in water, comes out totally set free, tells her family to come. The, that that uh, Sunday morning, she brought her family with them. They get saved. Now, fast forward, even today, she's still going to church. She's brought more family members to get saved and baptized and whatever else. I mean, the report just keeps coming. And God, He loves people. God loves people. So point number two, the one that I've learned in soul winning is, is really how much God loves people. And the Bible says we can't truly understand how much He loves people, but no height, no depth, no length, no breadth can comprehend the love of God. I mean, it's the love of God. I pray that each one of you guys get a revelation on the love of God that He has for people. And as you get it for people, you'll realize how much He loves you. And that he'll, he'll, he literally, he will send some crazy person all the way from Pennsylvania to Texas because of how much he loves a person just to tell, just to tell them that God loves them and look what, what God did. I mean, that's just amazing. So my second point is God truly loves people. He truly does. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, he loves people. God is not going out there trying to harm anybody's life. He gives and takes away. That's a lie from hell. Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. And if you're going through hell right now, I'm here to prophesy to you today that everything is about to turn around because you're going to have an encounter with the love of God like you've never had before. And as you, as you grab a hold of the love of God, He's going to break your heart for the people and you're going to show the love of God to others and watch what God does with your life. In Jesus' name, amen. My third point of things I've learned by going out and soul winning, is number three, that God is more willing than we realize to use us. He is always willing to use us. In, in particular, I'm a Spirit-filled Holy Ghost believer, so I believe that the move of God hasn't ceased. I don't believe in cessationalism. I believe that God is moving here on the earth through particularly by the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, I know that by experience going out and soul winning, and He's more willing to use us than we realize. How many of you guys right now, I can't see you because you're just listening to me talk, but how many of you guys want to be used by God? How many of you guys want God to, to use you to give you words of knowledge about people, words of wisdom, use you in the gifts of healings, the working of miracles, the gift of faith, discerning of spirits, all of the gifts, prophesy. How many want to be used? Well, He's more willing then even you are desiring to be used. But you have to place yourself in a position to be used by God. And I remember uh, hearing this, and man, just hearing this for the, one of the first times, how much God is really willing to be used, to use us. And I remember I went with my friend, uh, Jeremiah, and I said, hey man, and he agreed. He's like, we need to go, and we need to let God use us. So what, we, what did we do? We prayed. One day, uh, we just went to Walmart, and we said, God, we're willing, and we know that you're more willing than we realize, so use us today. And man, we began to pray, and many people we didn't have a word of knowledge about, we just talked to them, but we were in particularly pressing in for God to use us in the gifts of the Spirit. And I remember God was giving us people's names, and He was showing us people, and we would go in there, and we would be like, hey, is this your name? And they'd be like, yeah, this is my name. And then as he, it would, they would say, 
oh, wow, this is your name. Yeah, God just told us that. Really? And then we would, he, Jeremiah would say, you know, God loves you so much. Then he would get there, like, their, one guy in particular, his heart was so broken that his grandmother died that literally God gave him the day that his grandmother died and prayed for him, and he got instantly set free. Then he got healed in his back when I prayed for his back because he was, he was just, he needed a, he needed a touch from God. I mean, God is willing to use you in the gifts of the Spirit. I remember another time when uh, I just started going soul winning when I moved up to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And I just, at that time, there was no SOS or anything that we do with our local church that we are planted at, that we are based out of when we are not on the road. And uh, I was just going out with a, with a friend of mine. And I remember just walking and talking to people and Man, that's when you begin to develop and hear the voice of God like never before. How many of you guys want to hear the voice of God? How many of you guys want God to speak to you? Well, the best way to, to learn is soul winning. And guess what? There's no camera. There's no uh, lights, camera, action. And if you say the wrong thing, you mess up, um, you know, you're going to be exposed. No, it's just you're on the sidewalk of a city that no, no one knows you're there. And you're just trying to hear God's voice. It's the best place to practice. And I remember going out. And I remember the mail lady was t dropping off mail and stuff. And we were just, at this point, we were just talking to everybody. I started talking uh, to her. And I all of a sudden, as I'm talking to her, the Lord shows me that she has a couple different kids. And I said, hey, do you have, uh, a, you know, do you have three kids? And she's like, yeah, I have, I have three kids. And I said, a boy and two girls and, and whatever else. And she's like, yeah, that's what I have. And I said, well, I just want you to know that God showed me that everything's going to be okay, that he's going to take care of all of you guys. Just that simple. I felt the Lord say that, and man, it touched her in such a way that she just knew that God was real. She bowed her head and prayed the prayer of salvation, and you can clearly see a change in her face because in that moment, God became real to her. But God was using, he became real to me even more as well because he was using me. So number one of the, number three thing that I've learned by going out and soul winning is God is more willing to use us then we realize he's more willing. He wants to use us. We just have to place ourselves in position to be used. And, uh, you know, many people don't place themselves in a position to be used because of fear, worry, and insecurity. We got to let those things get burned out by the fire of God. We got to let that come, let that fire come upon us and burn out the dross so that we can be effective, so we can be position ourselves. You'll be used when you're positioned. Whatever's in you when you get squeezed will come out. And, and part of that is, is uh, getting in position. So I want to encourage you guys, get in position. Do something that's uncomfortable and watch how God will use you. If you make a mistake, if you think, well, I thought God said that, all you got to say is, I'm sorry, I thought I heard God and I didn't. But what happens if you did hear God? What happens if God does show you like he did one time uh, when uh, there was a brother in Bethlehem I was talking to and I said, the Lord shows me that there's something going on with your back. And he said, yeah, I'm actually just about to go to the doctor to get it looked at. And I said, well, let's just pray right now. Prayed for him, instantly healed right there on the streets. And not only that, gave his life to Christ. You know, how many of you guys want to be used like that? God will use you. You just have to place yourself in a position. You got to take risk. Sometimes faith is like taking a risk. You're stepping out. You're walking on the water. You may not fully know for sure or not, but how else are you going to learn unless you step out and try? And God is more willing than you realize. And get this in your hearts too. Perfect love will cast out all fear. Now also the Bible says this, uh, that you, you, love never fails. 
Love never fails. If you're walking in love, you're trying to step out, not because you want to be, you know, famous or whatever, but you're just stepping out to love on people because you know God loves people, then love never fails. Even when you make a mistake, stepping out thinking you heard from God, you never fail. Many times you step out, you make a mistake, and then someone finds out that you're just trying to hear from God, and that intrigues them. What do you mean? You can hear from God? Yeah, I believe I can hear from God. They're like, I want a God I can hear from. You can have him receive Jesus. And look how it turns it around. Because love never fails. Say that out loud. Love never fails. Get that in your heart, in your spirit. That's why you can always go out and share the gospel. Now, you got to guard your heart in these last days. The Bible says this, Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Matthew 24, 12. So, many in the church, the hearts have grown cold towards people because these last days wickedness is is at its all-time high we know that it's in every level of government down into the corporate offices all the way into the medical system and we, we can go on and on of the of the wickedness especially in america but we got to allow our hearts to not grow cold towards people because god really really loves people and people need to know that god loves them and so one of the things i want to give you a warning is uh that i've learned is many people Number four, I guess you could say, in these last days, they their hearts have grown cold. They love the Lord, but their hearts have grown grown cold towards people because of the wickedness. They think, well, what does it matter? These people, you know, I'm going to tell them about Jesus, and then what? Then what? But it's like, no, you got to keep that heart tender towards the people, no matter what happens. We do our best to get people discipled, to get people plugged in, but you're planting that seed of God's love. Love never fails. Whatever you do for the Lord never fails. Keep your heart tender. Knowing that God wants to use you. Knowing that there's many people who have never heard that God loves them. Knowing that God truly, truly loves people. May God touch our hearts today so that it can grow hot and on fire for the things of God. You know the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, You shall receive power to be a witness. Luke 3 16 says that Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit in fire. We need this fire of God to come upon us, to set our hearts ablaze, to give us a passion for people like God has a passion for people because God truly loves people. May our hearts never grow cold to those around us. May our hearts always burn hot for God's desire, for God's ways, for God's plans. Thank you for listening to the Zader Ministries podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We are asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the lost in America. Go to zanerministries.com and click the Give Now button to become a monthly covenant partner today.